Good day, everyone. This is Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. And uh, thank you for joining me this day as we continue on with our Bible study in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, today we, uh, we are continuing with verse 15 to 20. Again, if you have missed any parts of these studies so far, please go on our YouTube channel and uh, look at the previous archived footage of our study throughout the book of Ephesians. Uh, also, please subscribe to our channel to get the constant updates as we are constantly updating it every week with maybe three, four, or even five new segments um, every week uh, for your enjoyment, for your edification, for your growth in God's Word, and ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, your comfort in Christ Jesus alone. So thank you for joining me this day. Uh, why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we know that you are our, our, our great uh, Creator who sent us His Son, Jesus Christ, uh, to be the true light of the world. Illumine our hearts and minds in your very word and bless us in this one true faith. And though there are winds and waves that toss us to and fro, may your grace abound as you guide us um, in this one true faith. Lord, for all these things we are thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so as we continue on with our study today, uh, we see the board and we see the game plan uh, for what we are trying to get through. And Lord willing, we'll get through 15 to 20. But to give you a, 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 a review of what was uh, last week uh, with uh, the, the preceding verses, uh, we very well know that as St. Paul is writing here, uh, so that uh, they may no longer... Be washed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine. You know, it's out there, right? Um, and when someone is facing false doctrine, what do we do? You know, it's always that picture of, let's say, a burning building. If someone is trying to go in there, uh, what, do we, what do we tell them? We tell them, no, don't go in, it's dangerous, Right? And of course, if it's a firefighter, that is what they are called to do. But if it is, if it is anyone else, we say, if there's our child who is trying to run in to get something, we say, stop, don't go, it's dangerous. We speak the truth in love to protect them, right? To guide them uh, to what is true, because whatever is false, whatever is dark, uh, as we talk about today in this darkened understanding, that is of great spiritually, uh, being spiritually swayed uh, to the spiritual darkness is one of great danger. And out of love, we speak the truth. And that is where we're going to start today. Okay, so uh, in verse, um, verse uh, 15, why don't you have your Bibles out as you follow along with me. Verse 15, if you could read along together here, it reads, Rather... And that is rather in light of what, is, what was just said about every wind uh, of doctrine uh, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. In these moments, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped 
when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds up itself in love. Right As you look at your uh, Lutheran study Bible, if you have a Lutheran study Bible, and if you, if you um, have one for you, look at those footnotes there, and I love this. It says in verse 15 in the footnotes, Concern for true doctrine and love for one another are not alternatives, but belong together. Right? Concern for true doctrine and love for one another are, are not alternatives, but rather they work together. Right? You know, doctrine, the word of God is so important. What we believe, teach, and confess is so important. And in light of what St. Paul is saying here about the, the great dangers of false doctrine, there is no departure from, uh, from that love and from that doctrine. Because what is rooted in that love is our faith that is in the doctrine, the word of God, right? When that becomes false or when that becomes uh, blurry, then the body becomes weak. Then the body does not work properly as we see here in verse 16. How do we build each other up, right? As we speak... The truth in love. That love ultimately is the word of God, right? The concern for the truth, because there in the Aletheia, the truth right here as we see it, there we have Christ, as we'll talk about later in verse 20, learning Christ. But here in verse 15 and 16, when there's every wind and wave of doctrine. This pen is horrible, so I'm going to throw this one out. Uh, Whenever there is any wind and wave of false doctrine, we very well know that there we ought to speak the truth in love. And this is at times a very difficult conversation that we have with people, isn't it? It's a very difficult conversation in a sense where uh, the, the, the flesh, the world, uh, the darkened mind uh, not, wants nothing of what is, what is of God's truth. Because when truth is at the table, there that sword comes in. In a sense of uh, when there is the word of God for what it says, there is no fence sitting. There is no gray area, right? It's either one side or the other. Do you believe in God's word or do you not believe in God's word? And here in the tension of false doctrine in every wind and wave, St. Paul is saying, speak the truth in love. And that motivation of love, right, is that body joined together by the very word of God where true growth takes place. And there he is imploring the people for the sake of the body, for the sake of the unity of faith, to build one another up in the speaking of truth and love. And we could take this in so many different ways, right? We, uh, we could take this in a very judgmental way um, where we're you know, just throwing arrows and, and throwing every piercing judgment, self-righteous kind of uh, uh, word at people and, and, and be creating schisms and division and, and really uh, angst within the body. But also on the other side, we, we can be very permissive and we, look, we can look the other way and we can 
do this all in the guise of love, right? It's a very slippery slope with love, right? And we could use this in a very judgmental way. We could also use it in a very permissive way, right? And we know what permissiveness does. I mean, if you're a parent, you very well know that if you're permissive to your children, it's pretty much going to be a very difficult portrait of, of what that looks like for your child. It's going to be a, a free reign, free for all, and, and they will do whatever they want to do. And, and we very well know that that is probably not the most, uh, that's not in their best interest to be that way. So, so very well, you know, whether it's judgmental or permissive, I think this is kind of a very uh, an applicable way of of seeing how we ought to proceed, and it is through love. We speak the truth because of the love of Christ, because of his word that joins us together. What is this unity is the word of God. And when that word of God is broken, we very well knows uh, we very well know uh, what shall happen. Right? We see there, if you have your Bible out, to remind you of last week as we read it. It says uh, in verse 12 and following, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. And this is all by the word. Hearing God's word, receiving God's word, studying God's word, and there we see the growth in the body. All by the truth and when that wind of wave uh, of false doctrine is starting to uh, come to our direction, what do we do? We speak the truth, the word of God, that love and the unity of our faith. Right? This is uh, a reality. We are always being catechized in so many different ways. I mean, we turn on the radio, we turn on the TV screen, we turn on the iPad screen, we turn on the smartphone screen, and we're being catechized in so many different ways. Um, and, and sometimes it's, and many times it, it, is, it, it is in false ways uh, that, that turn us from God and his word, right? That's why the upholding of God's word is so important, because that is our truth, the truth that has set us free, and that is the Lord's word. So St. Paul is really saying here, speak the truth in love, right? And, and don't use this for your advantage. I'm just telling how it is, Right? I'm just going to say what I, what I please because this is all out of love. No, do it with great compassion, with great humility, uh, and really get with, uh, if there's any moments of that, really uh, uh, utilize this passage in a sense of speaking the truth in love, right? To care for their soul and save them from the burning building that they're going into. They might not see it, but here, you, but here in these situations, uh, that is your motivation, to save them to which will destroy them if they proceed any longer, right? So that is the motivation. And, and again, do this with great compassion and faithfulness, of course, with prayer as you continue to approach these situations. Uh, but it's always about the word, right? That's why we hold to the word so much. It's not just like, what's the big deal? It is a big deal. Because what unifies us together is the word. Once that word is detached or confused or, or false in the sense of what we teach, there is no longer unity. No matter how many ways we want to peel the onion, it'll always be disjointed, detached, and de-unified, which isn't a word. 
I don't think. Anyways, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you could look that one up. But the point is, is that when we talk about the unity of God's word, that's what we uphold. And that is where we speak the truth in love, all for the sake of the word that sets us free. And that is all out of love for one another. The world doesn't see it as love. The world sees it as judgmental. The world sees it in, in so many different ways as it is really grating against our sinful flesh. But here as children of God, we, we proceed as his word is a lamp unto our feet, the light to our path. And there are those difficult conversations, but it's all for the sake of their welfare. And that's the most loving thing we can do, right? That's the most loving thing we can do for anyone, to guard them from that burning building. Anyways, so we see St. Paul really speaking of, uh, of what this looks like uh, in a sense of um, the body, right? To build itself up in love. And that's what we do as a church. All by the word of God, the law and the gospel, the holy scriptures. All right, continuing on here. Uh, verse 17, we see this. Uh, why don't we read this together? Pertaining to the new life. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. You know, the, the, the point is, is that they were transferred from the darkness to the light, right? That all by the grace of God, all by the life of faith, all through the blood of Jesus and his death and resurrection, they were delivered from the domain of darkness to the marvelous light. You know, St. Paul is saying right here, and this is very important, testifying in the name of the Lord. Now that I say and testify in the Lord, what he is saying is that this is all Damascus Road stuff. This is how he was called in the true faith, all in the name of the Lord. And there, by the grace of God, we very well know that uh, he was brought into this faith, uh, that is Christ in the forgiveness of sins through the death and resurrection of our Lord, of course, through baptism and the supper of our Lord. We, we know that it is in the name of the Lord to which not only he was called, but now he is teaching and, and, and preaching to them. It's not his words. It is in the name to which not only he was called, but to which they were called. Chosen instrument, St. Paul would be just as the Lord had said. It's always about in the Lord. And that is the thrust. And that thrust at the end of the day is what? This in the, authority, this in the Lord is the authority to which he is about to say these very words. It's by the authority of God's word. It's about the authority in the Lord that he is going to say these things. And what he says right here is basically, listen up. This is very important. Very important, as St. Paul is saying right here, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind. Right? You must no longer walk. What are you walking in? Not in the futility of their minds. You know, this futility is their spiritual background of, of paganism, 
of idolatry, it always gets us back to what? Uh, the first commandment, right? We, we, we know our one true God. He does all things for us, creator, redeemer, uh, sanctifier. Uh, yet, why would we go back to our false gods? What use are they when we live under in the Lord under his care, right? Like for St. Paul, formerly the persecutor of Christians, why would he ever go on that Damascus road again uh, on his journey to persecute more Christians? Why would he do that? Right Now, as a child of God in this life of faith, what is the use of his old ways? And we know that too, right? See, St. Paul saying that you must no longer, right? No longer walk. There's no tippy-toeing or, or I'm on this side and that side. I'm going to play both sides, right? I'm not going to sit on the fence. No, you're no longer that because you have the new life in the blood of Christ, the blood of the Lamb who was shed for you. And you are under, you identify, your status is a child of, a, a child of God all by what God has done for you in the gospel. That you are children of light, not children of the darkness, but children of the eternal light of our Lord. I am the light of the world. Right, And that's the difference, right? That the futility of mind is this picture of darkness. And that's what we're going to talk about in verse 18. You know, this futility of mind is, is what? He is pointing out what this darkness is all about. Why don't you follow along here? Verse 18, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Right? You know, when you're living in the dark um, and, and there is no light alienated from God, you do not see the difference between other darknesses because when you're in the dark, you're in the dark, right? For them, no longer, right, in verse, in verse uh, 17, no longer do they walk. And this picture signifies this life of faith, right? This walking, the peripateo, is that spiritual walk of faith. Is that when we're children of light, we know when the darkness is coming. We can distinguish that all by the word of God. And that's the big difference of no longer. Because we were, by the grace of God, delivered and redeemed and sanctified all by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, forgiven of our sins. And, and as children of God, there we walk. As children of light in this one true faith. And in that children of life, no longer do you need the futility of mind to which you once walked. And he, and he explains this uh, futility of mind there as we continue um, in verse, as we talk about verse 18. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. See, that, that's, the, that's the danger uh, that we see right here. You know, I know my, uh, you know, if you ever... Uh, if you ever get out the hymnal, and I know some of you have the hymnal home, uh, hymn number 716 is, is a great one, and it's, it's called, I Walk in Danger All the Way. 
And here in stanza one, it is written, I walk in danger all the way, the thought shall never leave me, that Satan who has marked his prey is plotting to deceive me. This foe with hidden snares may seize me unaware. If I fail to watch and pray, I walk in danger all the way. Right? And this is the danger that is at hand. The Satan is there trying to attack us in every which way. Um, and this reality of the darkened understanding being alienated, that is being separated from God, we see the result in our sin. And at the end of the day, it is this hardness of heart. See, St. Paul, as new children of God, as those who are covered in the light of Christ, um, he is really uh, posing to them what is, or making light to what they are really facing. You know, and in that hymn, as I referred to earlier in hymn 716, stanza five, I believe, reads, I walk with Jesus all the way, his guidance never fails me. Within his wounds I find a stay when Satan's power assails me. And by his footsteps led, my path I safely tread. No evil leads my soul astray. I walk with Jesus all the way. Right? So even in the midst of uh, Satan's plot to, to turn us and to ensnare us by his every which way, you as children of light walk with Jesus all the way. And we know that in the Lord, in baptism, in uh, the gospel in the supper, and there we are made uh, to light, or we are shown the very light of this gospel, uh, the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, and there we proceed. You know, you have it all. And here St. Paul is reminding him of once, to, to once they walked in this darkened understanding, right? And that darkness it all is rooted back to the futility of their minds. You know, you go down this path of darkened understanding, being separated from God, and you have that hardness of heart. Right? And that's what sin does, doesn't it? It, it is that progression that, it, you know, at the beginning, oh, it's not so bad. But after a while, you get that apathy. You get that indifference. You get that hardness of heart to the point where, uh, you know, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And that is the subtle danger of what they formerly walked. And it's a danger to us as well. And this is where we discern faithfully and distinguish between uh, the battle, this battle that is at hand, but yet at the same time, the one who won that battle for us as we walk as children of light, as children of God. All right. So St. Paul, as he continues on here in verse 19, uh, he brings up this word callous, right? As we read it together, verse 19, um, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greed, to every kind of impurity. So you see the progression from the no longer walking, the futility of mind. What does this look like? It's a darkened understanding. What is the darkened understanding? It is being alienated uh, uh, and, and separated from God, which results in the, this hardness of heart. And St. Paul explains the hardness of heart by this callousness. If you've, you know, we talked about this in Bible study. 
But a callus is formed, why? Uh, by repetitive action, right? So, um, you know, if you're, I'm not a good thing about wearing gloves. I'm not a good person about wearing gloves, but I, I see the importance of gloves because it protects you from calluses, right? Uh, so for example, you know, when you're shoveling or raking, uh, you, you should wear gloves so that you don't get blisters, right? Or that you don't get calluses. And, and for me, after I'm shoveling, if I ever do shovel or, or rake or do any type of woodwork or anything, I look at my hands and I, I would see all these bubbles forming. Actually, you know what? For example, like when you go to the batting cages, right? When you're, you're hitting the 80 mile per hour, nine mile per hour fastballs down the line. You know, when you, when you haven't gone in a while, you, you, you forget your baseball gloves and, and you're swinging, you're, you're sw- your batting gloves, I mean, and you're swinging like maybe 10, uh, 20, 30 pitches. And after you're done, you see your hands and they're, you see these callus and these blisters forming. And, and that's, what, that's what it looks like to me about calluses. Um, is that after that constant repetitive darkening of mind, what happens is that uh, this callousness begins and this is what happens. The greed, the cravings to every impurity. You know, this is what the devil doesn't tell you about the futility of mind. You know, it looks good to the flesh. It, it appeases every fleshly desire that we might have. But what is really happening here, St. Paul is saying, this is the danger. You can no longer go here because God has given you all things. You are a child of God, blessed and redeemed by his word, the gospel. Because on the other side of the fence, there is this spiritual darkness. And this is what it looks like. And we go constantly through this cycle of the futility of mind, the hardness of heart, believing that we can get what we want by our own greed and every impurity. And at the end of the day, what happens? We are left in the dark. And this is the picture of the abyss of despair. And this is the danger that St. Paul is revealing to them. This is who you are in Christ Jesus. All right, we're back. (laughs) We're back. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. But as we were speaking here, I know I had a little technical glitch right there. But as we continue on here, uh, as I have a fresh on my mind, God does not, uh, in this darkness, uh, there is, at the end of the day, despair. But as children of light, at the end of the day, it is not despair, but rather the great comfort of salvation in the forgiveness of sins through the body and blood of Jesus. And, and as we speak of the devil and all that he tries to do, St. Paul is really getting them back uh, to, to, to this new life that they have. The, the, the brightest illumined light of Christ at Calvary and his empty tomb, of course, three days later, uh, the light of your baptism, the light of the supper. This is who you are right now. New life in Christ, right? Baptized into his death, connected, not only buried with him, but also raised to new life. This is what God has given to you. 
No longer do you need that futility mind, that darkened understanding, that calloused, uh, that results in a callous heart that feeds itself on this greed in every way, impurity in every way. And this is what St. Paul is really telling them. You are walking in the new life right now. How do you know? Because it's all about verse 20, learning Christ. What does it say right there? It says, uh, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Because what Christ brings to the table, his word, as we always talk about this, is the law and the gospel. The law shows us our sin for what it really is. We talked about earlier about every wind and wave of doctrine, right? Uh, a false doctrine. That the law shows us the demand of what God has called us to do, but yet at the same time diagnoses and, and really shows us our sin. And it's all by the grace of God in Christ Jesus alone that he gives to us the good news of the gospel, right? And here we have, as we speak of the gospel, the good news, not the futility of mind, but by the re resurrection of our Lord. What does it say in the Bible? That if the Lord did not raise, our faith would be futile. But thanks be to God that he was raised and our faith is not of futility, but rather our faith is of eternity. And this is what they learned. That through the work of Christ, he has broken and shattered uh, uh, this, this darkness, this separation from God, this alienation, and reconciled them all by his work so that they not only are called children of God, but now they walk as children of life covered by the blood of Jesus. And that's why no longer is so important. Because in Christ, this is who they are. You know, the futility of mind is so, is so tempting. It's all first commandment stuff, isn't it? Fear, love, trust God above all things. And we, 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 we love to trust uh, in this very mind of our fallen nature. But yet at the same time, we learn Christ and say, wait, this is what our Lord has given to us. And the floodgates open with the Apostles' Creed, right? Creator, Redeemer, Sanctifier. Does that mean we're perfect? No. Do we still sin? Yes. Are we sorrowful for that sin now with this enlightened mind of Christ? Of course. We're sorrowful for our sin. And thus, in this enlightened heart and mind, we repent in faith. And there, as we confess our sins, we rest in the reconciliation that has been freely given to us in Christ and his work and his death and resurrection. That's how we learn Christ. And that learning of Christ is not just knowledge. It's, it's our faith in what he has done for us freely by his grace alone as he comes to us in the incarnation. 
as he humiliates himself, as he exalts himself, as, as he gives to us by his very gift, the gospel, the forgiveness of sins. This is how we learn Christ. All Christ, all Jesus, all Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all credited to him as he is doing the verbing, as he is the sole subject to our salvation. And that is the enlightened faith. Apostles' Creed Article 3, right? To gather us and, and enlightens us in his gift. And those gifts are his very word, the words of Christ, the sacraments. And there we rest in the enlightened mind against the darkness of heart. The enlightened faith that is Jesus versus the darkened Futility of mind. You have it. You have the greatest gift. That right now you can stand up by the advocate Jesus Christ. As he accounts for you by the very cross where he was sacrificed for you. That you are a child of God. All by what he has done for you in this one true faith. The gospel. And that's where that no longer, that's where the thrust is for St. Paul. You got it! No longer do you need your old self. No longer do you need the idols that before you because those idols only produce false joys, false promises, and at the end of the day, only despair. What our Lord gives to you is true joy, true promises, not despair, but true eternal hope. That your name is written in the book of life all by his blood. And this is who you are. That's what St. Paul's saying. No longer. Because right now you have been transferred from the domain of darkness to the marvelous light. The old is gone. The new has come. You are the new creation in Christ Jesus in the Lord. We know the danger. Friends. You know what I'm talking about. You know the danger of the calloused heart. It, trust me, no one is immune. The devil is like a prowling lion ready to attack. And that is why here in the Word of God, we are brought back to the enlightening, enlightened gifts of Christ and what he has given to us in his promise of the gospel. And there we find our comfort as we rest under the Good Shepherd's work, as he lays his life down for the sheep, for you. This is who you are. Thanks be to God for what he has done. So right now we can stand together in the unity of faith saying, this is who we are, forgiven sinners. All right, we'll stop there. Um, Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you. Uh, for your word. Uh, We thank you for gifting us your faith as you have enlightened our hearts and minds to the very words and promise of the true gospel. Bless us, O Lord, this day in your word. Lead us always in the unity of faith and through all things, through every wind and wave of doctrine, O Lord. Bless us in the joy of what you give through your Son. We thank you, Jesus, for the forgiveness of our sins, for eternal life and salvation. Bless us this day. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining me this day. And again, please review what we've talked about today. Please go back to our previous studies if you need review. But be in the Word. Be in the Word. Be in the Word. Because there we receive Christ. There we learn Christ. There we are rooted in Christ. There we are grounded in His glorious and gracious gift. The promise of Christ and the forgiveness of your sins. May this go well with you, friends. Love you all, praying for you all. And until next time, God be with you. Adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.